welcome back to the Bad Associations Podcast. I'm Eva, and my guest this episode is Hope. Hope is the younger sister of Heather from the last episode, and is also a really good friend of mine. I met Hope almost exactly 20 years ago, and she became one of my best friends until she left the organization. We reconnected once I left as well, and it's been really awesome to get to know each other again now that we're both able to just be our authentic selves away from the witnesses. In this episode, Hope talks about the toll that growing up as a witness took on her mental health and how that experience still affects her today. She discusses her marriage ending, getting disfellowshipped, experimenting with being worldly, and the struggles that she had coming to the realization quite a while after she was disfellowshipped that the JWs didn't actually have it all right. She talks about losing her connection with her parents and reconnecting with her sister, some of the resources that she's found in her healing journey, and a little bit of Star Wars. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll drop a little teaser right here for a bonus episode that we're going to release next, where I actually get to talk to both Hope and Heather together about their process of reconnecting after they both finally left the witnesses. I will also drop some links in the show notes to some of the things we talk about in case you want to check them out. Enjoy! Can you tell me about the first time you started to question Jehovah's Witness faith? Well, that's um, an interesting question. It's going to be a long answer because the truth is it was a very slow, gradual process after I was disfellowshipped. Um, when I was disfellowshipped, I very much still believed and... Essentially, this was like the my messed up thinking and feeling at that time was that I fully believed that Jehovah's Witnesses had the truth. I fully believed that Armageddon was going to happen. And on top of that, I fully believed that I would be destroyed in that. Um, really, since I was a kid, I felt that way. I kind of towed the line and did everything I could, kind of an overachiever, hoping that maybe I'd be able to save myself. But I don't think I ever really truly believed that I would survive Armageddon because I thought I was like too Because you're, you're never enough. You're never enough. Yeah. No, I have exactly that same... Yeah. I and I feel like feeling. that's probably many, many people yeah. who never are able to admit that. Yeah. So, looking back, um, it was really self-sabotage. I was extremely, when I got married, when I just barely turned 20, as many Jehovah's Witnesses do, um, couldn't even have a glass of champagne at my wedding because I was a little old enough. Yep. And... uh, regular pioneer I was just fully into it but with time I was just so deeply unhappy in my marriage and there's no escape I had so much guilt about not wanting to be with him Uh, so much guilt about laying around and like fantasizing 
not being with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, like, fantasizing about, like, crazy ways that I could, like, escape from the situation without mm-hmm. being disfellowshipped. And, like, there, like, isn't there a isn't, way. Yeah. Um, so I think I was, like, a, like a fox in a trap where you, it gets to the point where you're willing to chew your own leg off. Yeah. To be free. Um, from the marriage, I wasn't thinking about being free from the religion. I wanted desperately a way where I could have both. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't really a question of beliefs. I didn't, I didn't doubt it for a second. And, but unfortunately, if you truly believe in it and you are doing things that are disfellowshipping offenses, Mm -hmm. then that means you have to also believe that you are a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, which so you already you kind of believe, kind of, and now you're like, well, there's no question now. I feel like I, because what happened was, I ended up cheating on my husband because that is the only way you can get out. And I was so messed up looking back. I was in a complete, a complete mental breakdown. Yeah, and my thinking was just insane. I was not thinking it rationally, and. I had crazy ideas that, like, somehow it would, like, actually work with this person and we would be able to, like, leave together but not get disfellowshipped or, like, get reinstated or something mm-hmm. and then I could, like, have everything that I yeah. wanted. Um, but this was completely delusional yeah. thinking. That's not how things go or things went. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I did not get disfellowshipped for that, however. Okay. Uh, when I confessed to Ben, my ex-husband, uh, I didn't know if I was going to dive right in, but I guess I'll dive right in. <laughs> but uh, I was in such a state that I was, by that point, drinking myself to a stupor every night, uh, taking sleeping pills during the day. Oh, geez, during the day. Wow. So that I could just be unconscious most of my life. Yep. Um abusing prescription drugs that I had been given. And there was a point where I took a large amount of pills and I called Ben and I said, I think maybe you should take me to the hospital. And he did on the way, I confessed everything to him and he dropped me off at the emergency room door and just basically said, you can get out here. Didn't even go in with you. No. He left me alone there at the hospital. Fucking A. And then, of course, my parents came, and then the elders came to, like, for me to confess to them in the hospital. At the, ho- at like, the hospital. Wait. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember, um... Is that, is that their name? Probably, yeah. Yes. Yep. I forget all these people's names. They're, mm-hmm. like, blocked out of my yeah. memory. I remember he came... And I talked to him. I'm pretty sure it was him. And I told them everything, too. So then it's like the cat's out of the bag. Mm-hmm. But I was... They saw me as repentant because I was. Like, I was... Yeah, if you wa- believed that I hard, tr- yeah. I, like, truly wanted to stay with it. Yeah. So, like, I almost got away with it. Yeah. Because they only publicly reproved me. I could have, like, had my my supposed dream right there. Yeah. Oh, now I'm single. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. 
that's kind of what I wanted. Yeah. But I think uh, the self-hatred was so great that I felt that I should be this, you know, like I wanted to be punished. Yeah. In a sick way. Mm-hmm. So I didn't stop there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I went to Oregon. Do you remember I went to Oregon? I do. I, I didn't until you just said I went to Oregon. And I was like, oh, that's right. I went I to totally Oregon. I totally forgot about that. To meet up with some other witnesses who were taking a class on teaching English as a second language. Yep. So that I could live abroad. That was my whole goal of my life. Yeah. Ever, it was to learn languages and live abroad. So I was trying to preach to the Vietnamese community. I wanted to be a missionary. Then we don't want to do that. Yeah. But that's all I ever wanted. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to take this class and then maybe I can do it. Yeah. And this was after you were reproved already. After I was already reproved, but I was... So was it a witness language class or was it not? Like that was, was your goal with it. But I know like they do witness, learn a language class. It was, like put, it. It was put on by a witness. Okay. But they weren't and like worried about your standing or anything. Like, no, because it was technically like a secular business. Like anybody could do and it. There it were just, a couple okay. people taking the class who were not okay. witnesses. It was okay. just like because he was a witness, word of mouth got out. Yeah. All it was. Um, so the other people flew there, and I decided to take the train because okay. I always wanted to do a cross country train trip. Yep. But on the train, uh, I got really drunk and had sex with a stranger. <laughs> In the lounge car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm kind of jealous of you. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, again, no one in the world knew except for me and this stranger. Yeah, there is no reason I would ever have to tell another. That could have, I could have taken that to the grave. Yep. But because I was like still so honest or whatever. Like, as soon as I got to Portland, I, like, confessed to Leah. And oh, we, like, no, called, like, immediately. Like, immediately, oh my I, like, gosh. called the elders. And, like, as soon as I got home, I left another judicial committee. Did you still take the class while you were there? I still took Mike and sat next to her. And, she... <laughs> and we had a great time. Oh, my God. Well, that's good. We toured her in Portland. We went to breweries. <laughs> we had a great time. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. I was flirting with other people at the class. You might as well. Why not? let loose. Yeah. I was living loose. Wow. Was your divorce final then or no? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Wow. I I wish I had a better memory for timelines. Yeah. But I, I want to say my divorce was final in the fall, and then I went on that trip the following spring. Okay. Okay. But I know when I was, or maybe it was the following fall. I don't remember. All I know is when I was disfellowship, it was winter. Okay. Because it was snowy. I remember that. Okay. But, um... I didn't really want to be disfellowshipped, even then. Mm-hmm. I, I did, but I didn't. It's like deep down inside, I yeah. feel like you deserve this. You deserve the maximum punishment. Yeah. And like everyone needs to know what a fraud and what a terrible person you are. And yeah. Um, but I don't, it wasn't a conscious decision. Yeah. Yeah. So when that happened and I got disfellowshipped, I still believed, though. Okay. My behavior, I immediately started living a life that is behavior-wise totally against yeah. anything the witnesses would stand for. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, I started smoking cigarettes really early on. I don't know why that was such a uh, draw to me. 
Um, but then, of course, that's something that you start and it's hard to stop. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, unfortunately, I'm still been trying to quit for many years, but I'm still going. <laughs> yeah. But I start whatever. to stop a lot. <laughs> yeah. I've been starting and stopping since that day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, as far as things go, if that's like the one habit I've picked up, I've, I think I've come out pretty good. Yeah. It's but, weird how you're still a good person, even though you do that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and also, you know, I think about how my one person, adult in my life, my childhood, who gave us unconditional love was my paternal grandmother, who just adored and looked up to her, mm-hmm. and the most loving, caring person ever, and she was a very heavy smoker. Yeah. So there was something about that, associating that mm-hmm. with her. You like connect, like somehow connection. Yeah, and there was some kind of yeah. connection there. But, that makes sense to me. But listener, don't start smoking. Don't, don't okay. do I don't it. recommend it. Don't though. do it. I mean, do whatever you want. But, but yeah. just know if you start it, it <laughs> you're not going to like it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> or whatever, do it. Just, just don't, don't inhale. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So I was, you know, and I was, it was an interesting journey from that point. A very slow discovery. Yeah. I... How old were you when that happened? When you when you got disfellowshipped or divorced or whatever? Okay. I believe I was thirty when okay. I was disfellowshipped. By the time okay. the disfellowshipped yeah. came, or close to it. Okay. I know my first birthday that I celebrated was my thirty-first birthday. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. So right away, I'm I'm jumping in yeah, the holidays. Yeah. Yep. Um, I love them. I wasn't that interested in dabbling with drugs. I wasn't really doing that at that time. Um, but I was definitely dating around whoever, <laughs> whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I started exploring my sexuality. I was dating women and men. And, but all that time I'm doing all that stuff, I still in the back of my head have a thought of like, almost like I'm going to try to sow my wild oats. Yeah. And then hopefully if it's not too late, yeah. if I'm going to come already, I will come back. Yeah. But like, I'm already out here, so... Let's get it out of the way now. Yes. And I was still living in Michigan at that time. Okay. Super poor, obviously. No support. Yeah. From anyone. Or like education to fall back on. Or even just like career. Because you like, you just basically started pioneering right away, right? I started pioneering right away. That's all I ever did. I worked worked part time and, you know, very service jobs. Yep. I didn't really have the skills. I didn't even know how to pay a bill because Ben insisted on being in charge of all the finances so okay. it's just like a, I hand over my paycheck sort of thing and oh, I never geez. even knew what was going on with the finances so I had no concept of how to take care of anything yeah so I had to learn everything but uh, I had some really kind co-workers okay and they were kind of my first thinking of Maybe at least they're wrong in that no worldly people will be your true friend. Because what I was yeah. experiencing was a kind of friendship that I never had had before. Yeah. Where these people did not care at all where I came from or what I was doing. Yeah. Um, they weren't chewing you up and spitting you out. No. And I felt like well, these people aren't going to stop being my friend because 
Oh, something I, I do. I got yeah. me on a train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care. They'd probably high five me. Yeah. Um, so I ended up moving in. My coworker said, I have these friends who have a house. They're a bunch of like struggling students. Maybe they have room for one more because I like couldn't pay my rent. I was mm-hmm. really struggling. So I met those people and I ended up moving in with him. Okay. And there was six of us in the house, all sorts of backgrounds. Um, there was, you know, different religious backgrounds, different sexual orientations, gender identities, and that was very new to me to associate with mm-hmm. anyone who's not yeah your yeah typical cis head person yeah. Um, and they were great and wonderful to me. <laughs> they were not judging you. And they went for my for that first birthday party. They went and got a cake made that said "Happy First Birthday, Hope" with like <laughs> that's awesome Sesame Street on it or something. Oh, that's they awesome. made that my first Christmas so special. Like my roommate stayed up until like four in the morning doing this string game have you ever seen i guess some people do this christmas tradition where you run a colored string all through the house and you have to follow your string to the end and that's where your gift is oh no he stayed up all night hiding all of our gifts that way that's awesome that's (laughs) awesome and uh it was really a lovely time living in that house i was there for about a year when i moved to california my thought was it's so hard to go to the kingdom all here where I walk in there and everyone knows, everyone my knows story. you. Everyone's looking at me and I know. Or thinks they know it, even if they don't. They know some but, version of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's probably. They, they know at least half of your story and it's probably and not scandalized. the right half. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm like, well, I moved to California. It's going to be a fresh start. And I can like wander into a kingdom all there. They're not going to know me at all. Mm-hmm. Of course, if I want to actually get reinstated, I have to tell them I'm just volunteering for Right. So I moved to California. After about six months or so, I moved into my first apartment there. And um, while I was at my cousin's house visiting her, some witnesses came to her door, and I told them I was disfellowshipped. Okay. Did you like you answered the door? I answered the door. Okay. And the woman was like, "Oh, we have an elder with us. Let me go get him." And then this elder came and talked to me, told me where the kingdom hall was and everything. Okay. And I was like, okay, I guess I think I'm going to try to go okay. back. Which, by the way, like, sidebar, like, it's so stupid that that sister that came to your door couldn't tell you where the kingdom hall was. Like, yeah. she, even that, she had to go get the elder to be like. Well, who knows what kind of scary stuff. Oh and she's God. just a woman. Just a woman with a small brain. She can't handle that information. <laughs> she's going to be easily. Yeah. You know, seduced by my evil ways yeah your pink hair (laughs) 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 had to get a man in there yep yep so you know i tried briefly but it was like i was having too much fun yeah with my life you know i was already like finding friends out there found like my regular bar that i would hang out i was like kind of enjoying my city life and i'm like i just I couldn't stick with it. I couldn't pull the plug. But in the back of my head, it's still all the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. Lots of doomsday thinking. Lots of, um, I can't let my parents die with me still out. Like, I have to get back some 
time sooner than later so that I can have a relationship with him. Okay. It was, especially my father. It's like we had a very uh, close relationship. Mm-hmm. He would call me his best friend. Oh. Like we were buddies. Yeah. So it was really hard to think about it being like a forever goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but still thinking it was all my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's all my fault and it's up to me to make the change to get yeah. him back in my life. Yeah. Uh, the relationship with my mother was always more complicated. And while, of course, like I missed her and still miss her, it was a little easier yeah. <laughs> to take. <laughs> yep. She won't listen to this, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On my episode, I told a story, and later I was like, oh, I, probably, I probably shouldn't have told that story. And I was like, same thing. They're never going to hear this. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if you're listening, Mom, you're listening to an apostate podcast. You should probably talk to the elders. And you should probably confess. So. But also, if you want to be but a if, guest. If you want to do way. that, please, please do. do. I would welcome yep. you back. Yep. <laughs> um. So as far as questioning beliefs, the the answer is like super long because it took many years before I I actually started questioning doctrine or starting realizing that they're not special and like Mm -hmm. they didn't invent anything new. They're not, don't have like the one answer. Yeah. Um, Off and on throughout the years, I would still make attempts to go back. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm, after I moved to Long Beach, a few years after, I still went to the Vat Kingdom Hall a couple of times. Um, but I moved to Long Beach to go to college. And I think that was really pivotal for me to start thinking about other things and thinking about mm-hmm. bigger bigger systems. Yeah. Not just focusing on myself. Yeah. I think um, that's an interesting thing that's like, they do have that part right where they're like, if you go to college, you're you're probably gonna stop believing this. No, they should definitely like, not let people go to college. No, like, that's the one thing. If I'm I like, no, you actually nailed 18, that. No oh way my god, would I have stayed to yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I have a. I wrote it down because I thought it was a really good quote. I don't know if you've seen the documentary "Shiny Happy People." No. About the Duggar family. I haven't. No. Are you? I know um, who they are, but yes. yeah, but I didn't watch the actual I, documentary. I recommend, and I recommend to anyone listening to watch that po- or that documentary if you haven't seen it um, because there's a lot of it could be triggering if you're not in an emotional spot to do that just yeah there's definitely warning. you have to be in a headspace but for if you're in stuff. a headspace where you are examining stuff like that um, I recommend but I will read a quote that one of the girls said about their fundamentalist religion but it's all the same same yeah. tactics um she said, critical thinking is turned on yourself. So you end up cannibalizing your self-confidence with overanalyzing, am I doing it right? Rather than criticizing the system as a whole. If you're so preoccupied with self-examination, you're not going to have enough energy to challenge the system itself. Yep. And that's exactly what happens in all these high-controlled yeah. religions. Yep. Because you know your place in the system yep. and you're just hyper-focused on your behavior. Yep. You have no time to think about anything else. Yeah. And and that's and it's it's the trick. Yeah. Yeah. And it works. It works. And it's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh maintaining that thinking even into years into my mm-hmm. being out. Yeah. I, I I still do it in some ways, just not yes. in connection with obviously religion, but I will still find myself yes. like 
pull pull yourself out of that. Like, you don't have to think like that. Yeah. I think that's um, it's hard. It's part of our yeah trauma yeah response yes that we're not we're probably never going to be completely free from. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm just recently, in the last couple of years, really becoming aware of how that thinking has affected me. Yeah, because I'm still, even though I'm not trying to be a good Jehovah's Witness, I'm like really obsessed with all the minutiae of my behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. Like, the psychology and yes. the, It's so interesting. Like, am I am I good at my job? I'm not good for my job. I'm not a good girlfriend. Am I good at a good girlfriend? I'm constantly, like, asking Bob, like, are you mad? Are you upset? Are you okay? He's like, why are you so... <laughs> when have I ever been yeah. mad at you? Like, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sticks with you for sure. Definitely, yeah. But I think it wasn't... It was such a slow process. I think by the time I'd gone to college, I'd already basically not accepted their beliefs mm-hmm. um but i was still more than anything longing that relationship with my dad mm-hmm. so i made like it like still worth one it, maybe. last attempt yeah. but when i went to that kingdom hall in long beach i was like i cannot i cannot be in here ever again yeah i cannot listen to this mm-hmm. at that time it was like this is such stupid drivel i mean this is it's just yeah well i couldn't listen to no, it no and they they brag about like when like educated people go to the meeting and how like impressed they are and it's like i go back now and i'm like this is like the level of stuff that you're teaching is so elementary yes and it's just you're spoon feeding the same shit over and over again there's no critical there's thinking. there's none there's none like and so you left before the broadcast started, right? Or no? Yeah, and I've looked at some Have of Have you watched any of them? Wild. It what has happened wild. the time I've been out? It is wild. It's so different. It's so different. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I feel like right around when you when you left is when the like a lot of changes started a taking off. A lot of changes off. started happening. Yeah. And I've heard about some things. For a long time, I couldn't look at any of that. Yeah, no, same. It took me, I mean... For a long yeah. time, I didn't want to look at anything about religion at all yeah well especially when you're trying to when you're trying to come back if you're believing it that much i was like, terrified to crack you're open still a Bible terrified yeah because i felt i'm gonna open it and i'm just i'm gonna that like just thinking about open the bible brought that like fear mm-hmm. feeling back in that like tightness in your chest yep. of like armageddon doomsday fear I'm yeah like, just i can't even look at it yep so it took a long time to do so but then once you do it's like Oh, you yeah. know, I should have done this before because mm-hmm. with a new perspective. Yeah, it's totally it's different. It's really eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. So. I, um, this is not like a, it's re- it's related, but it's thing we talked about before, um, that you and I have, uh, and it's like, it took me so long to get to the point where I could even, like, um, entertain the idea of entertaining ideas you know mm-hmm. um like my partner definitely like i had the like the fear of like the apostate being able to just brainwash you know mm-hmm. and he when he left he was reading stuff and listening to stuff and watching stuff and i was like this is like i'm not there yet like i want to be mm-hmm. there but i'm not you know um but the the thing that got got me like in there and more comfortable with it was just some of like the stupid like silly 
funny stuff. Like some of that stuff. You know, like yeah. there'll be, you know, like people will make little cartoons or whatever or whatnot. And like that was like the thing that I needed to get to where it wasn't it was still triggering, but it was mm-hmm. triggering with a positive emotion. There you could versus a like a sink. Exactly. Yeah. I could be like, I can see the humor in this even yeah. if it's not even if it still makes me think I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And but that um you you introduced me to a podcast pretty recently. And yes, and I was going to give them a shout out. You too. have to, yeah, do it. Um, yeah, I, in addition to that documentary I mentioned, but there's so many good documentaries. But a podcast that I found just in the last year, which has been like hugely helpful and such an eye opener for me, it's called The Bible Brothers. Um, I highly recommend. It's just two guys who have never read the Bible. They don't really know anything about it. They definitely don't. When they I read the first few episodes, nothing. I was like cringing. I'm like, oh my God, this is not that Sometimes hard. Sometimes I'm like yelling out in the car, <laughs> yes, like... correcting their pronunciation or answering yeah. their questions. Yeah. But they're like, wait, who's Abraham? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great because, and they're, they're comedians, they're, they're comic writers. So they're very funny and they're just reading it straight through with no research, no context. And it is so eye-opening, so hilarious to see it in this fresh yeah. view. It's really, um, it's really been very refreshing. healing for me. Yeah, it, and it's and it's so odd. Like it, like it's just this. It's not stupid, but it's it's in the context of it. It's like this stupid thing. Like, why is that the thing that makes you realize this is so ridiculous? Yeah, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, like like who? Really how like do we believe why, this Bible stuff? Like, wow, God is such an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Just like yes. a horrible, <laughs> yeah, lunatic, yes, unpredictable, full of rage. Yep, yep. Well, it's funny to me too. Want? Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's funny and to why me. does he want it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like listening to them talk about it, and they're like, every character that we were always taught was the good one. They're like, it's this so guy's a clear dick. That they're the, they're what an, an asshole. asshole. Like, yeah. And then you're like, no, no. Like, Cain is the bad one. But <laughs> and like, Abel's the good one. It makes total sense. Everything <laughs> like, that everyone did. Yeah. <laughs> the normal, reasonable human behavior was of the people that were bad. Yeah. Or like uh, yep. Esau. Yes, Esau. Yep. Totally reasonable person. Totally reasonable person. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob was a lunatic. Jacob was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. And uh my favorite part there too of that whole section was I I love when they were talking about Abraham and they're like this dude just keeps going into into villages and being like no that's not that's not my wife that's my sister and every time somebody bangs her and then it's like why the fuck didn't you tell what? me she was your wife I wouldn't have banged her. He's doing it. It's over and, and over and over again. To begin it was so, so, so weird. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, so please, there's our sidebar. Please listen. Listen to the Bible Brothers podcast. It's amazing. Yeah. Available on all podcasts. On all podcast platforms. <laughs> <laughs> oh they have a god. Patreon. They do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But no, it, that was honestly like the most like like specifically helpful thing for me. That was like the thing that I the last thing that I needed to just be like it's okay to know that this is bullshit. I agree. And just embrace it. It was kind of like, like a final Yep. I seen on the cake. Yep, it, I just needed to just fucking laugh about it. Yes. And it mm-hmm. worked. So thank you, Bible Brothers. Thank you. <laughs> um, and my partner's been listening to it too, and he was not raised Jehovah's Witness. He was raised Catholic, which okay. uh, 
us extra was witness no means that they don't read the Bible. Right. No. No. They just recite their prayers. They don't even read the Bible. Um, So it's been eye-opening for him, too. And he's getting Mm -hmm. more insight into why I'm bringing. He's like, you know this story? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I can't wait until you get to this one. (laughs) I know. know. So it's been great. Just wait till they cut the prostitute into 12 pieces. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Super reasonable thing to do. We're to the point where, like... um, David is just coming on the scene. Okay. And he's like, isn't he important, David? I'm like, yeah, yep. just wait. Yep. Yep. A lot of stuff's going to yep. happen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as, as far as question beliefs, it's been a, a many years process. I'm 44 now, and I was 30 when I was disfellowshipped. Uh, I would say... Really, only like the last five years have I felt like truly able to look for help, to examine my past, mm-hmm. to like face my past. Yeah. Um, and be comfortable and in be your comfortable skin. And be comfortable in the fact that I'm not going back, mm-hmm. that this is how it is, that um, most likely my parents will die without me having a relationship with them again. Yeah. It's hard to come to terms with that, but I think it's better than me holding out some sort of weird dream that I'm going to be reinstated. Um, And I'm much better off for facing it instead of trying to forget and avoid, which was my like tactic for so many years. Mm -hmm. So that is my other recommendation to others who might be, not knowing where they're at or maybe you're newly out and you kind of feel like I did but like I I don't know maybe I want to go back or whatever um I really suggest getting professional help absolutely (laughs) um there are people out there who are trained specifically to help people like us Mm -hmm. um I belong to a support group called release and reclaim it's put on by this uh, therapist, her name is Dr. Marlene Winnell, and she wrote a book called Leaving the Fold. Okay. Which is, and she invented the term religious trauma syndrome. Oh, okay. And she herself was raised in a, some kind of crazy fundamentalist religion where mm-hmm. she was made to like go be a missionary in other countries and stuff. Okay. And um, then like left that and went to school, became a therapist and with the idea of helping other people have been through something like that so she's she's amazing if nothing else you can read her book um but the support group is available to all you can you just have to have a brief meeting with her and then i believe it's 20 dollars a month and you can attend all the group therapy sessions which are on zoom oh nice so anyone in the we have people from all over the world on there okay um all different religious backgrounds, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like a group. group so just like kind of like Zoom hangout, or is she like leading it, um, or how does she that... leads it? And it's grown so much that she now has three or four other therapists that work with her, and okay. sometimes they facilitate the Zooms. Okay, but they're all trained, and all of them have uh, some sort of background with extreme yeah. religion. Okay, um, and it's just basically a place for people to share. And it's like a safe space of people who have gone through similar things. Yeah. And not only has it been just helpful from a, a therapy standpoint, it's been very healing 
to hear the stories of all these other people who have sometimes you would think wildly different backgrounds. Yeah. But it's the same bullshit. Yes. That's the thing that I realized a lot sooner than I would have thought. That, like, yeah, it took but me being a long time out, to like, yeah, that. it's like there's people either completely don't understand. And they're like, yeah, whatever. It's not a big deal. Like, I was Catholic and it sucked. And I'm like, so, that's yeah, not, the, not same. the same. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like, oh my God, I totally get that. I grew up in this religion or this, yes. you know, whatever fundamental space. Yeah. And I understand and I and I can connect with those people, even though it's different core beliefs. The tactics, the mind control, yes. the emotional abuse, mm-hmm. the hidden sexual and physical abuse yep all of these things are prominent in all these groups yes so there's people on there who were like ultra orthodox jewish people mm-hmm. who not only like lost their community but lost custody of all their children because the yeah. religion like got involved yep there's there was um a former buddhist monk one time oh there are people from all sorts of fundamentalist christian groups mormons I have met a couple other ex-J-dubs on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. People from from Germany, the UK, Australia, like all different people are, are, are joining in. Yeah. Um, so I recommend that. And reading her book is very helpful. She walks you through sort of step-by-step a healing process. And okay. there's even a workbook that you can oh, use. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, even in, and even just talking to people, if you're open, you find people who yeah. went through similar things. Yep. Like when um, I lived in Spain, one of my good friends there, I mean, I was telling him my story, and he's like, oh, I was, kind of reminds me of how I was raised. He was like, I was raised catholic but it's a different type of catholic and at first mm-hmm. i was like not the same yeah <laughs> but then yeah. he was like uh he's like i don't know what you call it in english but it's called opus day and i'm like i don't know what that is and i looked it up and it's like so that's a crazy cult spin-off of catholicism interesting but they do, does like, it have a different english name or no i think i think it's actually latin opus day okay so, so they, it's probably it's, just that in everything but it, it only exists in spain really okay there's some weird little sect that came up huh and they do like self-flagellation. Wow. They have to hit themselves. And wow. Stuff. Um, hmm. and he, Never like, heard of it. Interesting. His family was damaged okay. from that. As oh well. yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think not until I was able to be open. Yeah. And face. The yeah. real truth. The real truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Was I able to finally start feeling free? And then mm-hmm. I think, like you said, something we're always going to struggle with. Yeah. After effects. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Like, well, like you say, like just the psychology and the why do I do this and the how do I do yeah. that and that kind of thing. Yeah. Some of that stuff is so ingrained, especially the longer you're in or the earlier you, you got in. Like I was born in it. It sounds like I think you were close to. Yeah. I was least. like a little baby. Yeah. You know, so like that whole fundamental like development part of your life you're learning these things that are not the right way to 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 do life (laughs) and it's hard to unlearn that when you and you don't know how to be an authentic person yeah you're not allowed to be an authentic person so once you are you're like anything 
Yes. You have to stifle your true self. Yep. Yeah. Even, even, what, even to your own self. Even you to have your to own do self. It. You can't, it's not even like I have to hide this from other people. It's like I can't even acknowledge I would this have never admitted to silently myself to myself that I was bisexual. Yeah. I could would never even never myself entertain that idea. Yeah. I um, even though looking back, like obviously. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I mean, I used to like go like, like, like when all I was the, like a all the girls sleepovers, 13, like fourteen year olds, always be like yeah. dares of like take yeah. your shirt off. Yeah. Yep. Run naked around yeah, the house. Exactly. Like, why was it always, always. nudity yeah. based? <laughs> if it's a dare you don't get in trouble for it right like they made me do it not yeah, me and like we're just girls <laughs> yeah it's Sorry. just girls it's fine it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah no it's, um, just, it's so crazy yeah no one of my good friends I don't know if you knew her because she got this fellowship really young but she was like one of my best friends growing mm-hmm. up Karen's sister yes okay I never actually met Karen's sister she was already out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Karen, if you're listening. Karen, if you're listening, we miss uh, once you. Once again, this is an apostate. Remember that one time we were all three best friends? <laughs> we miss you. Remember when uh, you all ambushed intervention? Remember that? I know. I was, was going to bring that up. <laughs> I feel like that's an important, <laughs> an important and interesting thing. Also, just for the record, I that was not my idea. Just yeah. so you know. But I'm sorry that I took part in it. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, we can... We could describe that scene. Yeah, I think we should. Because uh, it's, I think it's, it's a, a good really good example of how fucked the, up shit is. Yeah, the fucked up level of brainwashing and yeah. what it does to families and relationships. So, when I was having my my troubles, <laughs> uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I believe I was either reproved. Or maybe I hadn't even had my judicial committee yet. You had, you were not obviously hadn't done this fellowship yet. I may not even had my my committee yet. No, I think you had because part of why we did it was we felt like we shouldn't be hanging out, but we also all wanted to hang out, but we also were all kind of like upset yeah. in all our different ways. Right. And so I think you had been reproved already, reproved already. Um, because part of it too was, I feel like your parents at that point were like trying to push us to hang out with you because they wanted you to be hanging out with us, not looking for that in the world. And she, you know, and it was like, well, she's still here, so you should do that. But at the same time, it was like you're getting input from everywhere else. It's like you got to step back. She's bad association. She's bad association. Hi, I'm hoping I'm a bad association. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically, uh, we were we had like a little mini intervention almost. It was fucked up. Very much felt like an intervention. (laughs) It was the weirdest fucking thing. we, I don't know if we've mentioned this previously, but the the two of us, Eve and I, were very close friends at this time. Yep. Uh, when I was going through my disfellowship and all of that. Yeah. Um, we were. And with so her, our her our husband, husbands were friends, and that's how we knew friends. each other. We were also all good friends with this the person. person that I had an affair with. I will not mention the name. Because, no. So, and also this other couple. Yep. Karen and Jordan. Yeah. I'll mention them. Uh, we were all a, a, a close group of friends. So when I was 
reproved and it was kind of like out in the open what had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen and Jordan invited me over to their house with my parents. That was, I think, the most <laughs> weird part about it. That was the most weird part about it. And I go over there and basically... Did you not know that... It was like that... an airing of grievances. <laughs> it was like... We were like in everyone a, in a circle in the living room. And told me how fucked up it was what I did. <laughs> and oh how, how could you do that? And oh. like, we looked up to you. And... Um, so I think the point up. was to like help me to like be on the straight and narrow... But basically, it was just like... I don't even know anymore what the point was. I, I think know. it was just to, like, be assholes. I really don't... Like, it wasn't, but, like, that's all that could have possibly come out of that. Well, and, you know, when the things... When things like that happen, and you are a Jehovah's Witness, I think it's a coping mechanism to immediately... Immediately, you have to demonize and harshly judge yeah. that person who's... Otherwise, you're then the bad person, too, right? You're in, condoning in, it or whatever. It, also, and also that person might be going down the path to disfellowshipment. And you know you're going to have to make that hard break. So it would be so mm-hmm. much easier if you could hate them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I did with my own mm-hmm. sister. I allowed myself to like hate her and harshly judge her mm-hmm. because then I felt better about myself. So you feel more in control then. And I felt better about my decision not to talk to her. Yeah. And I think that's probably you guys too. I mean... Mm-hmm. Well, I think, honestly, when it came down to it, too, like, we, because we were all friends, and we all hung out, and all that, and, and I think in that, in that fucked up brain space, like, I think we all felt, like, a little bit used at the same time. Like, we had, we had kind of facilitated, unknowingly facilitated this thing. Like, we went, we went camping, Mm-hmm. And, you know, which honestly was a great time. And we got, that was the first and most drunk I've ever, not the first drunk, but the most drunk I've ever been. Well, we, I still can't drink Yukon Jack. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. But that was a, that was a good trip. But, but like on that trip, it was like, we, we kind of unknowingly like facilitated some of that relationship. Right. And, and to, and like in my brain, it was like, well, like, I didn't, I don't know, I just, I felt, I felt used, but I shouldn't have, but even if I was used, like, who cares, fuck off, like, you know, like, well, it I was think, still your life. I think even when you have... You weren't blaming me for it, it was just no. like, here's this situation, and I'm not gonna, like... I'm not gonna lie about it anymore, this is what happened. Yes. Yeah. It is what it is, like... Yeah. It's what happens. Yeah. Let's move on. You know, things, I mean, and things like this can affect friendships even outside of the religion, of course. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, we've all had friends who've broken up, gotten divorced, yeah. you know, things happen, mm-hmm. and it can make strain their friendship. But when you have that added level of, like, harsh judgment and shunning, yeah. and, like, you don't want to be involved because then you might get in trouble, and am I a bad person? It's just... But, you know, when you think back about it, why was I... Why was I going on camping trips? Right, exactly. Friends? Why was he not showing up, even though he was going to? Why did he change his mind and be like, you know, I would rather stay home? Yeah. Ben, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Listen, Ben. Listen. You weren't very good. No. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I, I don't like to not accept responsibility for my actions and behaviors. 
Yeah, but absolutely. 100% in that scenario, we would have broken up so much earlier. Oh, yeah. Because it was so clear that neither of us were happy in this marriage. He wanted nothing to do with me. At every opportunity he had, he encouraged me to go hang out and do stuff with other people. And I wonder if he wasn't hoping that I would end up cheating on him. He was kind of pushing me away and didn't seem to care who I was hanging out with or what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Did not, he saw me getting a, like blackout drunk every day and, didn't, and like taking yeah. pills, never even expressed concern. Concern, let alone yeah. try to help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he was, saw me crashing and burning. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's my opinion. Ben, if I'm wrong, reach out. I'd love to hear your side of the story. Um, I'll never hear. I mean, to be fair, I've heard his side of the story, and I don't remember it really. I just remember that I was like, "Well, you're supposed to be the good one right now, and I'm still not on your side about this." Yeah, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, I don't know. And you know, he did get married one month after our divorce. He did. He did. That was weird. I feel like um, as a heartbroken. I'm not saying he wasn't. Hurt. I'm sure he was. Oh yeah, hurt. Uh, yeah. There's, but there's... it didn't seem to be upset him for that long. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and shortly after that, I went on my train trip. So yeah, you know, we both moved on. We both moved on. There you go. Yep. It's history now. And here we are. I would much rather be friends with you now than him. So. Yeah. I'm you glad know, that. I'm really glad every, that we were really everyone else that, kind yeah. of reconnected and has moved on and we're cool. Yeah. It's kind of like he could be cool too, but you know. But he can't because he married that one girl. Won't let you do that. Nope. Um, are there any other? Are there any things that uh, you, as an uh, outsider and mm-hmm. close friend of mine, anything that stands out to you from my story that you think is worth mentioning? That I'm I think you just about? honestly have a have a really interesting story in general. Um, I think especially because of like how how deep your family was in yeah. and and therefore you and and all of that and like just kind of experiencing that from like all the sides now mm-hmm. you know um I think it's I just think it's interesting and to see where you've gone from it like you're like my freaking like you're amazing. Aww. Like you've done like all the things <laughs> that like <laughs> I I should have done with my life and I haven't and and I can kind of fake do it, but like you just like but you just lived so your life. You life you left and you fucking lived and you're like you did all the things that you wanted to do. You learned languages and you traveled and you lived places and you moved places and you got like the billion education points like like <laughs> I went all out you did you when did. I first started going to community college um I had no idea about how college worked yeah and I started taking Spanish classes there mostly because I always liked languages mm-hmm. and um my ill-fated attempt to learn Vietnamese and, you know, <laughs> but I really just like learning scriptures and stuff. Nothing that I could use. Now. Yeah. Um. So I was like, okay, and I was working in restaurants in LA with a lot of Spanish speakers, mm-hmm. and I would kind of use some stuff I learned in high school, and it was fun. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I would kind of like to learn more. Um. 
so I was just taking Spanish classes and like I remember handing in my final exam and the professor was like have you considered majoring in Spanish and I was like I didn't even know that that, that was, was a thing. major yeah I don't understand what majors are really mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know yeah anything yeah but her saying that was like oh okay I guess I'm maybe I will keep going for a mm-hmm. bachelor's degree yeah why not so yeah. I transferred I got a bachelor's degree in Spanish I didn't even know what that entails mm-hmm. uh, it's many people think like oh you're just learning to speak Spanish you it's part of it like in the beginning especially if you aren't already a native speaker you mm-hmm. have to catch up but then the second half is it's just a literature it's like an Eng- English degree but it's in Spanish okay so you're just kind of immersed in, like, in the culture in the you're just you're reading novels you're reading poetry you're analyzing okay. your writing okay um which I didn't know that's what I was getting into. Yeah. But I really fell in love with it. And then they were like, do you want to, you should apply for the master's program. I'm like, okay. I didn't even, I didn't even know what a master's degree was before I started yeah. getting my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> I kept going and that's like, you know, even more hardcore literature. Yeah. Through that, I was able to um, become good friends with the poet I wrote my master's thesis about. Okay. <laughs> she's still alive, but she's like an older lady okay. in Madrid. And now I've visited her like four or five times in Madrid. That's awesome. And uh, was able to go live in Spain for a year. And now I go back every year to visit. So it's like, besides like going to college, opening my mind to other thought patterns and actually learning how to do critical thinking, mm-hmm. it really just opened up the doors to everything that I always wanted to do. Yeah. It's like I only wanted to be a missionary because I wanted to, to go travel places and, and be I immersed. wanted to learn languages and be immersed. Yeah. And as a witness woman, especially, mm-hmm. the really the only way you could do that is being a missionary, but you yeah. have to be married. Right. So that's kind of the whole reason I even got married in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, not, I wasn't able to accomplish any of those dreams. Right. So uh, I think it, it's like almost like maybe gave you like a reason to do those things not just to Mm -hmm. do them but like no like I have to do this like this is part of this so I'm gonna keep doing my dreams (laughs) yeah you know um and I've had you know I've had a lot of support from my sister Mm -hmm. uh lots of emotional support uh I'm thankful very thankful that I have her she was this fellowship long before me um so when she was there for me when I got out Mm -hmm. Um, I have a very supportive partner that we've been together over nine years. Uh, yeah. I've now been with him longer, longer than I was with my ex husband. <gasps> You're right. So I surpassed that. That's awesome. Um, Good job. Extremely supportive. He's also uh, has a master's degree in English and he teaches English. So he was very supportive of my journey and helped me through mm-hmm. all that process. Which yeah, like, like I don't know how to do yeah. research. But, like he was very helpful, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so I haven't done it on my own. I've had a lot of support. Yeah, but yeah, I I recommend do just just follow whatever you want to yeah. do. Just I kind of don't make more excuses. <laughs> helped is that uh, my I don't know how you feel, but my biggest fear my whole life until I was a scholarship was getting disfellowship. Yeah. <laughs> my biggest fear was that I would uh, getting disfellowship and losing my 
parents and community. Yeah. And when your biggest fear comes true, in a way, it's a release. Yeah. Because... It's already happened now. It's already happened. That already happened to Mm -hmm. me. So why not? Why not just try stuff? Yeah. Why not just try to do whatever you want? If it doesn't work, you've had worse things happen. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, So let's see. What was it? What was it like? Like, like before you got married, like, when did you get baptized? What, like, what was that? Because you, if you believed, believed, then... I was hardcore. You know, yeah, like... I got baptized when I was 12. Okay, me too. uh, July 11th, 1992. Nice. I don't know my parents' birthdays, guys, but I know the day I was baptized. (laughs) People ask me, how old are your parents? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. We never celebrated their birthdays, and I haven't been keeping track, so... Got baptized when I was 12, I think... Unbaptized publisher who know I don't know when I was a baby my mom started pioneering so I was in that car with her like from day one so you were basically pioneering even before Pretty you were much. pioneering and like before I went to school as like a toddler I was out there every day mm-hmm. like knocking knocking on the door like being a cute little kid handing them yep. a tract or whatever <laughs> yeah like from very early yep which is a weird childhood. yeah it is. You get to see how every kind of person lives. Yep. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. They're, they like there's that joke about like when you are like with a contractor, like if your partner's a contractor, like you when you're driving down around town, they'll be like, Oh, I did this in that house and I worked in that house mm-hmm. and I did an estimate in that one and I'm like I but I do that to people and I'm like, Oh, I used to have a call there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I knocked down that door. Driving through f- and I was like, Oh <laughs> yep. Ryan c- had a return visit yeah. there as a kid. <laughs> Why yep. do I still remember that? Don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I imagine, like, as soon as I was able, I was on Baptized Publisher, mm-hmm. the Academy Ministry School, all that. Yeah. Giving the stupid skit talks. Yeah. Um, did you ever do, like, convention parts? Yeah, I did convention did parts. I never got to be in a drama, and I was pretty bitter about it. Okay, can I can I interrupt I really your story with a tiny bit of my yes. story? Okay, so I, this is a thing I actually forgot to talk about in my episode, um, but it made me so angry. So sorry about this sidebar, guys. Um, I after I got reproved um, the first time when I was a teenager. Um, I had, I had been, I should have been disfellowshipped. I was banging around and stuff. And, but I didn't tell that. I only got, I got reproved because I was smoking, not for boys. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I got reproved, I didn't, I didn't tell them any of that. So none of the people that should have also gotten in trouble with me did. And one of them was my best friend who was kind of my boyfriend and that summer, after I got reproved, my uncle was in charge of the drama. Mm-hmm. And all my friends, including the ones that I was banging, got to be in the drama. And I Dang didn't. It. In my whole life, all I wanted in the world was to be in a drama. Me too. And it was the drama at Pontiac. So it was, like, oh, big yeah, and big awesome. Audience. It was the fucking Silverdome. And I, but I, they let me still go to the rehearsals for some reason. Because, like, I knew, like, my parents were in it, my little sister was in it, all my friends were in it. So they were like, you can come, but you have to basically sit in the corner. And so I just 
had to like watch all these people be in this drama while I sat in the corner because like I smoked cigarettes for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But then like the dudes who I was banging were just up there doing it up. I was so mad. All right, sidebar done. So yeah, but you didn't get to be in drama either. So drama envy in yeah. As far as they knew, I was a good kid. Right. I remember the boys got to be in drama. I was so pissed. Why not me? Why not you? My sister was in a drama, I believe. Really? Oh, and, we didn't talk about that. But in the, um, if I remember correctly, she was in like the portion where there's like the modern day and then there's like the go oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back. Yeah. Let's go back to the past. Let's go back, yeah. Um, she was in like the modern day part. Okay. She was in the lame part. She got to wear we like didn't, nobody really clothes. Like that. No oh, okay. That was cool though. Yeah. You get to wear jeans or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Do you know which one? Do you remember? I don't. I'll have to ask her. I was pretty young. Yeah. Like the 90s. Yeah. Um, baptized when I was 12 at Notre Dame. Yeah. Got baptized at the same time as Timmy. Okay. I remember because I had a big crush on him. <laughs> That's probably why I wanted to get baptized at the same convention. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, pretty sure I started auxiliary pioneering like that summer. Yeah. Like, so that's kind of what people I feel like do if you yeah. were if you were like an elder or pioneer's wife yeah, or it's kid like, like that's like what you elder did. Elder dad, pioneer mom, yeah, pioneer sister at that time. Oh really? Okay. Oh yeah, so, duh, yeah, pioneer school. Yeah. <laughs> um. So of course, what else I was gonna do? But it wasn't. I mean, I was so into it and such a believer, but it didn't mean that I didn't have a little shady side life. Yeah. As a teen. Yeah. I did. Um. I had a secret high school boyfriend. Okay. Worldly boy, high school boyfriend, right? Well, or no? At that time. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't know if I know this. <laughs> I don't think I know this story. I think you know this person. I probably do. I'll say his name and you can bleep it out. Okay. But Rob. Oh, shit. You know him, right? I do. I, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Rob became a Jewish witness <laughs> because of me. <laughs> Ron, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you should leave now. Should like, leave. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Don't forget everything I told you in high school. It was bullshit. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I, I went to high school with him. Okay. We were like making out in the okay. school hallways. Okay. Like meeting after school and whatever. Okay. Um. Never went so far where I think we would get disfellowship, but we were definitely making out. Yeah. Um, but because I was a good little Jehovah's Witness, uh-huh. I was also witnessing to him. <laughs> and he bought it. Wow. He bought it. And like, That's he crazy. was studying. I don't think he was quite baptized yet when I broke up with him. Oh, boy. But he stuck but with he it. But he stuck with it anyway, so okay. Well, he probably got all the pats on the back, too. He was like, you know what? You, oh, we, yeah. we doubted you. We thought you were doing this for her, but good job. You yeah. did it for you. Hmm. But one time, my parents caught us. Oh. And I got in trouble with them, but they didn't like make me talk to the elders. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. All right. And then I just like lied and said it was over. Yeah. But, yeah. That's what you do. I never tried to like sneak alcohol or cigarettes or anything of that time, but... Um, I did have that one secret boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, which I, which I then just felt like so guilty and horrible about. About having it? Yeah. Yeah. And then like felt so bad, like 
finally feel like I had to tell Ben about what I did in my past. Oh, and like, Jesus. I was like, even though it was over already, before like, you were ever with him. Goods. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was like, not 100% virginal. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Were you, <laughs> were you already married when you told him that or no? I think I told him when we were dating. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think he was cool with that at the time, but then later, later he threw it in my face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. They're just a normal person. They're like a raging hormonal teenager. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, like the temptation super... is so high. It's yeah. Like... Yeah. And, 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 and so high for everyone. So like, why is it such a thing? Yeah. Like, how do you figure out what you want if you don't experience things that you don't want? Like, as far as like humans go, you know, yeah. like the fact that it's just like, okay, I'm old enough to be horny, so I guess I should get married so that I don't get disfellowshipped. Pretty much. And, I if, mean, I and if you're going to date, you... 16, 17. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Like, I'm lucky I made it. I was at 20 at least. Yeah, same. <laughs> and honestly, I probably only made it to 20 because I got disfellowshipped in, in the middle. Right. You know? Yep. Otherwise, I there's no way I would have made it all the way to 20. But, but all this time, I feel like I already, I already hated myself. Right. It's just I remember guilt. like I remember the moment I started hating myself. Yeah. Do you want to tell me about it? I will. Okay. Because I think it's you know, maybe mm-hmm. it'll help someone else. Yeah. But um I remember when I was gonna say about eight years old. I'm not okay. sure exactly how old it was. Um I had been masturbating since I was like a baby. You know, uh-huh. it's like girls it's again a natural thing. It's a natural thing in girls can do it whenever you want. Yeah. Like, you could do it in the womb if you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't even understand what I was doing. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just a kid. Yep. And I remember my mom sitting me down and breaking open that The youth book. book. Was it the youth book? It was the, the, the orange it had, like, one. The pink, yeah, like a pinky orange yep. cover. It had, like, the sections about, like, nocturnal emissions. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. The horrible book. I would love to uh, read that now. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Um, so she like read me the chapter on masturbation. So then I was like coming to the realization that I was doing something you were like, doing some that. really bad. Mm-hmm. And that also that apparently they knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How did they know? Like, that she saw me or something. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Um, so like from that moment, it was like, oh shit. Like I'm not okay. Yeah. And because you're a human and like you try to stop but you can't stop. So then I was like I was already yeah, doomed. And I remember like being an early teen and like being with my friends and like really wanting to talk to them about it mm-hmm. to like relieve myself of some of that guilt like yep. maybe they're doing the same thing like right. maybe they have they can help me or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And um was never able to say anything to me then. Yeah. But I wish I would have because, mm-hmm. well, it would have been Lauren and Karen. And yeah. Karen would have had an intervention. Had an intervention on me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm pretty sure Lauren would have been like, it's good. That's, you know, <laughs> like, probably when we would have started making up. Yeah. We joke about that now. Like, we mm-hmm. were so dumb. We could have just been like two pioneer sisters <laughs> living together. Just, yep. <laughs> They would have no idea. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. That's awesome. 
<laughs> but at that point, of course, neither of us were willing to admit yeah, right. that we were even attracted to them. Right. If I could have admitted it then, we probably would have dated. Probably. Lauren, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> the offer's not offered. <laughs> oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> Who else might be listening? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, God, if you're listening, <laughs> excuse, me. excuse me, please. Um, I'm not sorry. And yeah. you know what? If you're real and you do want to destroy me, I'm going to like, fine. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with it at this yeah. point. Um, I, already, I already thought I was going to die, but I wasn't having fun. Now at least I'm having fun. Yeah. But I'm going to die anyway. So have at it. I don't even care. Nope. So yeah. you have no power over me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If you're real, you're a dick. And if you're yeah. not, it doesn't matter. And it so. doesn't matter. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So let's see. So you started pioneering, and then you eventually started doing foreign language yeah. stuff. Was that just that came later. Vietnamese, or was that? Did you do other first? Um, so I believe before I even got married, I was trying to go to a Spanish con- congregation in because I had learned Spanish in high school and mm-hmm. I liked it. It was my best class. Yeah. Um, so I was doing that, but uh, listen to this. Listen up, listeners. Listen up. <laughs> uh, when I married Ben, mm-hmm. he didn't want to do that mm-hmm. because he thought Mexican culture was stupid. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh my god. So. <laughs> oh my god. But we're so like impartial and non judgmental yeah. people. Yeah, not racist no. at all. No, no. Of course not. No. Best people but ever. That, uh, Unconditional the love. The Spanish happening. congregation was not good enough or cool enough for him oh to god. want to be involved in. Oh my god. They probably thought the same thing about him. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that you're listening to him. Yeah. Um, so didn't do that, but okay. I was still under the impression that he wanted to be a missionary because that's was like the basis for our marriage okay um but it pretty quickly became clear that he would never want to do that and he would never want to leave yeah michigan okay um i tried for many years to get him to move maybe somewhere else in the states mm-hmm. i was like oh i heard like they really need people at the russian congregation in chicago chicago's not that far mm-hmm. it's like a big city because i also want to try living in the city yeah and um I was teaching myself Russian for a while. Okay. And he couldn't care less, not interested at all. So that like dream died. And then when um, I heard about the Vietnamese group from Ryan and Leah, yeah. I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. And I could drive to mm-hmm. um, And I could just do that by myself, maybe. Yeah. But that meant me going to my meetings in the. And. Yep. Also, driving for the meetings of Vietnamese because I had to support yeah. my husband in our local congregation. Right. Um, and he was not coming with you. Oh, no. No, he had no interest. Did he ever? No. I was trying to remember if he ever even did. No. no. I mean, I think maybe he came a couple times just to like see the meeting. But yeah, okay. Never was But he was any, never trying to learn. Never anything. any desire of okay. learning even one word of any okay. language. That was like my interest. Gotcha. Um, and of course, in a Jehovah's Witness marriage, it's really hard to have different life goals because you 
you're stuck together you're anyway. You're stuck together, so. and especially as a woman, it would be like, it would be really looked down upon if I was doing, going to a different congregation. Right. Again. Yeah. And he wasn't even willing to move to to do that. No. And just, that's so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was driving back for going to Vietnamese classes. Like, I was spending a lot of time on it. I enjoyed it because I love languages. Uh, I guess I kind of enjoyed that preaching a little more just because it was fun and interesting getting to learn a different culture that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. And the people, and it's a lot more like laid back. It is more laid back. And the, the people, um, now they're probably on to them. But at that time, it was most people were hearing about Jehovah's Witnesses for the first yeah. time. And they had no preconceived ideas mm-hmm. or context. And people were really kind yep. and welcoming welcoming most of them had been sponsored by churches mm-hmm. so i think they had a high opinion of the bible yeah in itself <clears throat> so people would invite us to our homes like give us food different mm-hmm. drinks and stuff i got to like try different foods yeah see different ways of living learn about their culture people yeah. would tell me like really interesting stories about their past and their homeland. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that part of it. Yeah, the preaching was more laid back because I was able to like say a few words and like read yeah. scripture. Um, so I didn't have to really get into too many awkward conversations. Yeah, with people. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and you know, I had made good friends in that group. Yeah, but I even after even when I was reproved, I was still going there. Really? Uh-huh. I don't remember that one. Okay. And there was a time where I was going to move into Ryan and Mia's basement. I do remember that. But then we, I was like, after Portland, I was going to do that. But yeah. You know. Yeah. There was that guy in the there train. There was that guy in the train. Didn't happen. So, um, yeah, that was the whole trajectory. Complete indoctrination yeah. from childhood on. Um really buying into it, really being gung-ho. And then uh, what probably appeared on the outside to be an abrupt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like absolutely blindsiding for everybody on the outside. Even the people that were very close to you. Like Mm -hmm. we were like, whoa, that was out of fucking nowhere. Which shows how how much I was suffering alone Mm -hmm. and how so many people are. Because there was no one. Like I... I could have talked to my grandmother, and maybe I talked to her a little bit, but there was no one I felt I could say yeah. anything about my actual deepest, darkest feelings. Yeah. I think I I remember one time talking to you about my relationship, mm-hmm. and that was like a big trust fall for me, yeah. even though I hadn't done anything wrong. Right. Just letting anyone into that space mm-hmm. was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably like on a on a surface level, like I I understood that your space was shitty. Yes. And so therefore it was okay to let you into my shitty space. <laughs> yes, but I think you even without you acknowledging guys exactly saw that there was something wrong yeah. with my marriage. Yeah. Yeah. For how much time I was spending without him. Mm-hmm. And how and how you were when you were together. Yeah. You know, and that looked very familiar. 
Yes. And so we didn't have to necessarily say it. Yeah. But that's another, besides the self-criticism, I'm sure you found the same where it's it's very difficult to let anyone into my personal, my real personal sphere. Yes. It's even to Bob, as long as we've been together and Mm -hmm. what a like healthy relationship we have. If I like have something kind of more personal, I want to get off my chest. I have to write it right to him. Like okay. I can't even say The words it. are hard, yeah. yeah. I actually have that, um, the opposite. Um, like we were camping this weekend and we like, we got high and drunk and laid out in the middle of a field. And my one friend was like, listen, I know that you really, like I have all these questions and you always say like, let's talk about it in person. Because I, I have like a mistrust of writing because everything I've ever written has turned around and fucked That's me over. another thing. And so I, I struggle the opposite way. Reason. I did, and then I stopped because <laughs> it would always come back to me. Mm-hmm. So that, But that's interesting. That's like the opposite way. And so, like, I, they learned a I lot about me this weekend. Now, at this point, I'm not worried about that, but I definitely mm-hmm. see where that could come from. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have written anything down yeah. while I was in, no. But now it's just, like, carried over. Like, I had to, like, in therapy, like... You want to like, hear a fun diary story about yes. Karen? When Karen was a bad girl. <laughs> Karen? Do you remember? <laughs> well, I have to finish it. It's become a thing now. Karen, if you're listening. Karen, are you listening? If you're listening, I'm going to tell the story about when we were, I believe, 14 years old, 14, 15, young teens. And we loved watching Saturday Night Live. Okay. And there was this... Uh, uh, Wayne's World sketch, okay. where they would always say "schwing," mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. we know—I don't think we understood even what an erection was. At yeah, that point. yeah. The male body was a mystery, terrifying mystery, <laughs> until my wedding night, and it was still. And then terrifying. it was just terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> it was no longer mysterious. Just I want to go back. <laughs> oh Lauren, if you're listening. Lauren, if you're listening, you could have really helped us. <laughs> oh my god, I hope Lauren actually does listen to this. She probably would. Um, also, Lauren, you should be a guest. I, I know. I actually uh, was thinking I was gonna see if you wanted to like connect us because I think she would be really interesting too. But Karen, if you're listening, uh, your diary you wrote in your diary. I'm gonna say this to Karen. Okay. You wrote in your diary one time about how you saw your a boy you liked I think either in school or maybe you were just talking about a movie you watched where there was a cute guy and you, and you said swing <laughs> <laughs> and then do you remember Karen then your mom went into your room and read your diary oh no and then we all got in trouble <laughs> For watching Saturday Night Live and using that term. Mm-hmm. But I want to know, how does she know it meant an erection? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. But that's uh, how little privacy yeah. you had. Yeah, everything. And that was, like, not... That was, like, good parenting. Right. Exactly. Do not let your child have one ounce of privacy. Nope. God. So fucked up. Um, okay, so there's a good segue into a story that I want you to talk about. Mm-hmm. Whenever... Things were written publicly versus privately. Uh, there was this one time where you were in the newspaper. Oh, yes. <laughs> See? 
Yeah. So well, you don't keep things private. Exactly. Exactly. It's a good example. This is, let this be a warning call for all of you who are still Jehovah's Witnesses. First of all, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Don't let anyone know that you're listening to this podcast. No. Nope. But also, <laughs> uh, if you are have any sort of privileges, do not go to the movies dressed as Queen Abadala and get your photo taken on the front page of the Mosquito Chronicle. <laughs> Because you're going to lose those privileges. I was privately reproved because I went to the premiere of The Phantom Menace dressed as Queen Amidala. And my photo was taken against my knowledge. Let that be clear. Yeah. Posted in the newspaper and it became a big scandal. It was a scandal. And they removed me from pioneering me. The best. The best. The golden child. Yes. Like the golden child of the golden I elder. And Ben was probably a servant at yes. least, right? Before I did anything wrong. And you know, maybe that was maybe that was my Maybe my that downfall. was that moment. Maybe that was the, maybe yeah. that was the moment. Mm-hmm. The questioning. My yeah. reputation was already tainted. Yeah. There's someone who likes Star Wars. Like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's how fucked up that control is, though. Like, you can't even freaking watch there Star Wars. Wasn't anything you mean dress up like explicitly taught against Star Wars? All the Jehovah's Witnesses I knew watched. Yeah, Star everybody Wars. went. Even I think I feel like even I was there the, with a the, bunch the, of other witnesses. Yeah, and I feel like the brother who like or one of the brothers who had like who talked to you about it, who was in your committee from that like. I feel like I remember you saying like they were there too, but it was like oh well it's on the it's in the paper. It was so the now wearing the costume, right? And then having it be public. Yeah, I wasn't setting a good example. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. And I remember at that time, even other Jehovah's Witnesses kind of coming up to me like on the side being like, hey, I heard what happened. That's like really messed up. And I can't believe that. I think that was out of line. Just letting you know, yeah. like I'm on your side. And I remember at that time, I was mad at those people. The, at those people? Because, because they should have been They were questioning the decision. Uh-huh. I believed the decision. They were oh right. My God. I did wrong. I'm going to suck it up and accept oh my punishment. My and those other people, I'm like, oh, now, now oh, I think you're a bad now sensation I probably because can't you, you are questioning the brother's decision. Oh, no. My that's God. that's how, that's how fucked in. up it yeah. is. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Some shit. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is physically in but mentally out or questioning? Okay. Well, listener, first of all, um, I was never in your situation. Exactly. But I can tell you, on the other, looking back on the other side, uh, Getting disfellowshipped was the best thing that could have ever happened to me because it led me down a path where I could eventually question things and free my uh, my thinking from the Jehovah's Witness thinking. So if you're already questioning, applause. You're good, good on you. I'm proud of you because that takes guts for you to even consider doing that. Um... You're doing fine. You're going to be fine. Live your life however you want to live it. Don't don't make your decisions based on how you might appear to Jehovah's Witnesses. You got you. This is 
you know, I don't know for sure, but it's probably all the filming life you have. Just get out there and live it. All those things you've always wanted to do, just do it. And don't do it alone. Reach out to others. Reach out to the people who have left. Join a support group. Read some books. Uh, listen to some podcasts. <laughs> Whatever you need to do, you're not alone. I felt very alone. You don't need to feel alone. Yeah. You could reach out to any of us who've been on this podcast, probably, and we'll gladly talk to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so feel free. If my story resonates with you in any kind of personal way and you want to talk to me about it, feel free to reach out. Yeah. You probably email yeah. the podcast. Email, yeah, email the podcast and, and we'll connect you. Uh, but my advice is don't go back. Yeah. <laughs> Move forward uh, and you're going to be okay. You can do it. You got this. Listening? I believe in you. <laughs>